Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Made it to a Wednesday. Come on in, stay a while. Gang's all here, ready to go. We'll talk to the freshly minted Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas. Did we find out if that's true, that he is uh, the Hall of Famer with the lowest winning percentage in his career? I believe so. I don't think any of us wanted to search that well, up. Well, I'm <laughs> also known as the one my fault caveat. <laughs> one my fault. One, one my fault. Yeah, one my fault. Maybe we should just check it just for uh, curiosity. Oh, man. Just for, uh, just for giggles. That uh, Does he have the lowest winning percent? I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> it was just, I, I know Joe has talked about this, that he played for all those bad Cleveland Browns teams, and he was so great. Like, what did he have, like, three holding penalties in his entire career? Something yeah. crazy. He missed, like, four snaps, and they were, those were by choice. Yeah. I like that we were going to have him on yesterday. He goes, nope, I'm fishing. I go, okay, no worries. And then we talked to him when uh, the NFL draft happened. He was coming out of Wisconsin. We're like, uh, hey, we want to talk to uh, Joe. He goes, no, he's hunting. He's not even going to the draft. Uh, this program brought to you by the great folks at PXG, the new uh, next – Gen driver, Gen 6 driver, uh, they have a contest here that you can test your driver against the results of the Gen 6 driver. And if it doesn't deliver more distance or tighter dispersion than yours, you're going to get $100. That's how confident they are. And you can learn more, pxg.com. Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. Hard knocks last night. And a couple of things that stood out. Episode one, as the Jets, everything's good. Everything's good. Uh, You got uh, Robert Sala, Sauce Gardner. You got some Aaron Rodgers, little Zach Wilson. Liev Schreiber, the uh, voice of Hard Knocks, he showed up. The actor came in in a helicopter. I like that Aaron Rodgers has to explain who the voice of Hard Knocks is. Like, go over there and say hello. Like, that's, that's the voice of Hard Knocks. That's Liam Shriver right there. Why was he insisting that his teammates go uh, hang out with him and say hi? I don't think his teammates knew who Method Man was when Method Man showed up at Jets camp. He's like, what? That's, that's Method Man. And these kids are going, who's Method Man? Isn't it the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop coming up Friday at Yankee Stadium or Saturday at Yankee yep. Stadium? Mark? On, on Friday. It gets the first documentary party in the history of hip-hop, I guess, August 11, 1973, okay. in the Bronx. So Friday, your favorite hip-hop song or, you know, song that you love. Oh, we're going to do that on the show. On Friday, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Why don't we reach out to Method Man, see if he'll join us, Todd? We have. Oh. Hopefully right. he can do something with All us. All right. That would be great. 
Coming up, we'll hear from uh, Eric Bieniemy, the commander's offensive coordinator, the commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, and Aaron Boone, the Yankee manager as well. All right, what do we have? <laughs> An eclectic group of people. Yes. Want to just dive into it? Yeah. All yeah, right. What do you have for them? Uh, are the Jets winning the Super Bowl? Yes or <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> okay. The over-under for Jets wins this season. Todd, I'll Can we start- go higher than 17? Todd, I'll start with you. Well, if you include the playoffs. Todd? I'm going to go 10 and a half. All right, Seaton? Uh, 17. 17, okay. They're going undefeated. <laughs> after- well, you're all in on Aaron Rodgers now. You've done a 180 on Aaron Rodgers. Okay, poll question number two. Is Aaron Rodgers the greatest teammate ever? <laughs> yes. yes. Hell yes. yes. <laughs> Marvin, how many uh, wins over under Jets? Nine and a half. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yep, yep, you nailed it here. Uh, let's see. Aaron Rodgers, MVP odds. He has the eight best odds to win the MVP. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. And they're going to – you can have an over-under on how many points they average this year. What do you think the over-under, according to DraftKings, on the Jets, how many points will they average per game? Todd? 23 and a half. Marvin? 22 and a half. Seton? 24 and a half. Pauly? 26 and a half. 24. Ooh, no half. And a half. No, no half. And a half. No half. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, they, they projected this out total points. They would average about 24.3 points per game. Uh, what's poll question? Uh, the other one, Seton, that uh, don't relate to the Jets. Mm, well, this one's still Jets related. Is Chaz Surratt winning Defensive Player of the Year? Yes, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> Wait, who was that? Exactly. Okay. Some random middle linebacker that showed up last night. Oh, but my God. Robert Sala was all over. I love this dude. This is my dog. I love this guy. Look how fast he is. Okay, we you did don't even this. know if he's going to make the team or not. We did this with the Lions last year at this time. We're like, man, I'm all in on the Lions. They're going to go to the playoffs. And and they almost they almost did. But the Jets, the over-under at nine and a half. So, I mean, just imagine you go under and you go nine and eight. Well, you're not making the playoffs. Even if you go ten and seven, you might not go, go to the playoffs this year. As I've talked about extensively, the schedule is really difficult here. Start with your division, and it might just be one team out of the AFC East, and the odds-on favorite would be the Buffalo Bills. You remember when Miami was, what, 8-1 and one last year, and then Tua got hurt? Miami's a really good team, and New England is going to be average. They'll be generic, and then you'll have the Jets. But I always think that we get to the party a year earlier. Than we than we should. It's like, man, they're gonna they're, my Super Bowl or bust. I'll be like, eh, how about we get to uh, let's make the playoffs, maybe win the division. And it comes down to everybody wants to avoid going to Kansas City. You you know if you you're a wild card team like Cincinnati, you want to win the division. You don't want to be going to Kansas City to play that playoff game and trying to figure out who's going to run away with their division and then. Kansas City has to come to your place. Those are the things that I'm looking at as we get ready to, you know, start the regular season. Yeah, Paul. That's why that Bengals story yesterday about, yeah, we don't have to worry yeah. that much about September. Are you kidding? I mean, the, the Bengals won 12 games last year. They won their last eight. They, they remember that that thing with home field advantage and the Demar Hamlin game yeah. and all that stuff. The home field advantage at AFC was one of the bigger topics in the sport last year. So, Seton, are you all in on Aaron Rodgers now? Like, what what has changed with you and Aaron Rodgers? Uh well I don't know if I was a massive Aaron Rodgers hater okay um although he does rub me the wrong way sometimes or he had been okay I don't know I, there's just something about his demeanor now like just watching him say I think that these this is going to be a great thing for him hard knocks because okay. when you watch him talk to like Sauce Gardner and he's on the sideline he's like yeah man someday you're going to be here just the way he's relating to him or Zach Wilson's making fun of Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't have any uh, biceps to show off or something mm-hmm. and he's just cool I don't know it just Maybe uh, he's been humanized a little bit more, or you just get a little bit, other than the random sound bites of him being like, you know, don't ask me about this controversial thing or whatever, or or he's going after people. There's just another side of him that you're getting to see that he seems kind of awesome. Yeah, there's a rebirth here. Yeah. Uh, There's almost a, 
I know this is going to end soon. Appreciate it. Enjoy it for all it's worth. And I think Brady did that in Tampa. I think it was so much business. There's no joy. You're winning. And then all of a sudden, you, know, you go to Tampa Bay, and it's like, let me exhale here. We can have some fun down here. Boy, this team's good defense here. You know what? All they need is some good quarterbacking play. Bruce Arians, the head coach, and we can be a Super Bowl contender. Because at the time we thought, all right, he's going to go to Tampa. How good is Tampa? And then we saw how good they But But Brady brought in that spirit to this younger group, and they're like, oh, my God, that's Tom Brady there. And I think that's what you're getting with the Jets. But after a while, you got to stop being enamored with Aaron Rodgers. You have to hold up your end of the bargain. It's like players would watch Michael Jordan play who were on his team. And you can't do that. Players would watch Kobe. You know, you're watching the greatest players of all time, and you're like, damn, I, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be playing here. Yeah, players are watching Messi right now. Yes. They pass him the ball, and yeah. they're like, oh, my God, there he goes. Yeah, man, he's really good. <laughs> Whack. Oh, he just passed it to me. I didn't see it coming. Yes, Eden. I think rebirth is the right word, though. And, yeah, Tom Brady is, is a is a easy comparison, but it's, like, totally accurate because – Everything around Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, when they were leaving the teams that they were known for, it felt so heavy. Yeah. There was always this heaviness to it. And then they go to these new, younger teams, and all of a sudden everything is super light. And it's just fun. Yes, Todd. Yeah, the enamored thing that you're talking to. We saw some of that with Garrett Wilson last night in the uh, debut of Hard Knocks. He's kind of hanging out with him. But part of him is like, I watched you when you were a little kid. Like, How do you do what you do? You're great. <laughs> I was seven when you won the Super Bowl. Just yeah. run a stop and go, okay? I have no yeah. time for this. <laughs> yes, Paulie. I did feel bad for Zach Wilson yesterday because you know, he's still on the roster. And I know this is probably a good thing for Zach Wilson's career. He gets to sit on the Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. But people are just lauding over the pass. Like, he'd make a pass to, the, like, a 20-yard out. People are going, woo! And some guy goes, I haven't seen that in a yeah. while. You, hear, you can hear him going, I haven't seen that in a while. That's okay. That's still a great storyline for me, yep. Zach Wilson. And the uh, first person on screen... Nobody had Joe Namath. But the first current jet on screen? Mm, that's the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Todd? I don't know if it was Rogers or was it Sauce? I'm trying to remember who the first current... Uh, I thought they went from Joe Namath to uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes, Marv? I think it was Aaron Rodgers shaking Robert Sala's hand. Oh, I think. whose hand did they show first? Oh, <laughs> I mean, technically, whose feet were there? <laughs> By the way, Salah's got to wear short sleeves, man. You do put all that work in in the gym, yeah. and you're wearing those long sleeve blousey shirts. Yeah, but let the guns fly. Yeah, you got to have a gun show. There. I like that they're making fun of uh, Zach Wilson for showing off his guns. He's got like the <laughs> he's got his the, like the short sleeves of his jersey tucked up, so he's showing off his yeah. guns, and they're making fun of him. And he was just like, "Well, the guy ahead of me doesn't have anything to show off, so I got to stand out a little bit." <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Everything's good. Go ahead, man. Everything is good. Flex on them. No worries with the Jets this year. Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. Yeah. Who will get more hype this year, more coverage this year, more attention this year? The Jets or the Cowboys? Mm -hmm. The Jets. You think? Yeah, I think there's just so much hype around them. I don't know. And we fall for the banana in the tailpipe with the Cowboys but, but there, every single but year. There, there aren't enough Jets fans the way there are too many Cowboys wait, fans. Wait, wait. This year? <laughs> oh, there's going to. Well, let's see how long they stay on the bandwagon there. Yes, Eden. I think we have to differentiate from hype versus overcovered. Yeah. Because the Jets are going to get a monstrous amount of hype. The Cowboys are going to be overcovered. Cowboys are always overcovered. Correct. It's like, okay. What do we talk about? Dak's interceptions. Or Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball. Or Jerry says it's a Dak-friendly offense now. I, if, if he just played, like at the Kirk Cousins level, if he gave you that, you're probably going to be an NFC title game contender. I mean, you're not asking much out of Dak Prescott. Just... Hey, when, when they say, hey, don't make mistakes, that's not the best kind of confidence builder. Or when Mike McCarthy goes, you know what? We want to run the ball more. What? In today's NFL, with the money you spend on your receivers and your quarterback, and you got an offensive lineman who's holding out, and you go, uh, we're gonna, I'd like to run the ball more. Yes, Mark. The Jets this year are the Bills last year. 
where the hype around them was, mm. hey, opening night, Rams, uh, Rams, Bills, ups potential Super Bowl matchup, and then, then the Rams got smoked. Correct, and then okay, let's go Bills. Okay, so have we moved on that from the Bills? But this could be a good thing that we don't we're Ooh. we're not thinking as much about the Buffalo Bills or the focus is oh Josh Allen MVP a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl contender they 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 haven't gotten as much coverage than well the Jets have dwarfed everybody yes Pauline yeah Rogers is the new flavor the Jets are getting overcovered because it's new it's fresh it is a fresh story but the Bills if if they they had thirteen wins last year bowed out with not a with a kind of a whimper. If that happens again this year, they're going to be a big topic in December and January with their coach. Uh, yes, Tom. If we think the Jets and Cowboys are having a similar amount of attention or coverage, wait till you see what happens when one of those teams gets off to a slow start. That's when we're going to really see things get a little crazy. If Rodgers starts tanking early or the Cowboys get off to a slow it's going to be all about that team. No, but it doesn't matter. If they start out 3-0 and or 0-3, they're going to get the same amount of coverage. The Cowboys, 0 and 3 or 3 and 0, they still get the coverage. It's like, what's wrong with the Cowboys? Or 3 and 0, can they continue this? What are they doing differently? Uh, you know, the Jets, is, is it, was it too much to ask too soon for this team to be a Super Bowl contender? Hey, they're the team to beat in the AFC. Like, that's what's going to happen. I've been in these meetings at Sports Center when they go, okay, how can we go back in on that topic that we've been going in on for the last six weeks? We got a new angle here. What's the new angle here? Yeah, Paul. I think that's self defeating for media. Overcovering the Cowboys, there's nothing new. They're not really a threatening team. And it's the same storyline of, you know, expectations with not much production. That's we're like 20 years into this. I think the Vikings are more interesting. The Lions are more interesting. Yeah, but we're over. Th- no, I don't. I, that's not true. They might Inter- be more interesting, but. But understand the programming aspect oh, here. Believe me, I understand it, but I don't want to buy into it. I don't want to participate. Well, we it. don't do that. Yeah. But there have to be metrics that ESPN and Fox go, okay, what are the topics people want to hear? Or if you're going through the channels and you see uh, Dak, uh, elite quarterback, people will tune into that. True, but I think you're really alienating the rest of your fan base as a media organization, as us or anybody if you don't talk about those other teams, and that I think that's it's dangerous. I know ratings. They've been may... doing this. This is what they do every single day. Yeah, I, I... there has to be something. It's formulaic that they go. Okay, you got to talk about Dallas. You got to talk about Aaron Rodgers. You got to talk about LeBron. There's there's like five topics that you have to touch on, or at least try to touch on every single day. Uh, do they warrant this? The Cowboys are a really good team. And you got an owner who has been desperate to win one without Jimmy Johnson, and you got a quarterback that nobody's uh, you know all in on. So you got some great storylines, and then you got the history there, the tradition. I'm surprised the Steelers don't get as much attention given their fan base, because that's still you look at these fan bases that started in the in the 70s and 80s with success, the Niners that you would think they'd have a lot more attention because there's a bigger fan base. But nobody nobody compares to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Marv? Yeah, the Steelers are in that what I like to call the neutral site teams, where no matter where they go on the road, it might damn well be a neutral site game because half of the crowd might be Steelers fans. Yeah. I did uh, Steelers-Patriots about two years ago. Yeah. They scored a touchdown. Yeah! Damn, yeah. are we in Pittsburgh or Foxborough? Yeah. And so you're right about that completely. Yeah, but but as far as programming, Steelers, you're not getting eyeballs or you're not getting people listening to your program. And that's where it's skewed sometimes that the good stories don't get covered because they get dwarfed by the, you know, the stories that, you know, there's more people who are interested in those teams, those storylines. Instead of doing your job and saying, hey, I I don't want to be preaching. And I am. Uh, You know, you try to do it in a way that you're being fair, equitable to Certain teams, certain players, you know, certain moments instead of how do we get the Cowboys into the show? Yes, Paul. I think one of my favorite storylines this year is the 49ers. They were by far the best team in football last year on paper. They outscored their opponents by 173 points with Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, not even like two average quarterbacks. And now they go into a season with three question marks at quarterback. That's, that's a fascinating story. Like with, with, they, they're the best defense in football. And a fantastic offensive skill set. Really interesting. 
Well, it comes down to their head coach is going to make who is ever the quarterback better than what he really is. And it'd help if you got Nick Bosa into camp as well. This happens every year where you get these teams who, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, without Zach Martin. Uh, you know, he's not the guard that he used to be, but still, if you're Dak Prescott, you want to have as many guys up front that you can count on. You got to have a really good running back in there. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and Holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year. Be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Have you guys watched the Johnny Manziel documentary? Paulie, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched about half last night. Um it's it's hard to uh, describe what Johnny's like right now. He doesn't seem necessarily embarrassed about his behavior around the Heisman time and his time with the Browns. Yeah, he talks about almost like that was a wild time. Here's what we did. I didn't watch tape. Not bragging nor embarrassed. He's just kind of walking you through it. I like how they had some kind of uh, computer chip or something on his uh, his uh, iPad, and they wanted to know how much film you were watching. And they showed that it went 0.00, and uh, he didn't watch any game film. Yeah, Paul. The one that stood out, he and his agent told a story about a pro day he had, and I don't know if there's film of it, but he and the receivers down at A&M went out the night before, and a couple of the receivers got so banged up that they didn't make it. So people who didn't play football had to serve as receivers for Johnny Manziel. Like he, he, he forgot his bag, so they had to break in and find shoes to do the workout, and all his gear was missing. I don't know if I want to watch it. It's because I know how it ends. It's frustrating. Yeah. 
Uh, he's Joe Thomas, the uh, Hall of Famer. In fact, uh, teammate of Johnny Manziel's, uh, what, 2014, 2015. Have you watched the documentary? No, it's crazy getting ready for the Hall of Fame stuff. I feel like I've been living under a rock because I didn't even know there was a Johnny Manziel uh, Netflix documentary until one of my friends asked me if I watched it last night. And I'm a little conflicted like you. I'm not sure if I want to watch it because I lived it. And there's still a few scabs that I'm peeling off right now after those Johnny Manziel moments. And so, I I don't know. I'm a little bit torn there. When did you know that this wasn't going to work out for Manziel? Well, shortly after we drafted him, he, like, vanished in the spring. Um, Like, we were in the middle of OTAs, and the coaches couldn't find him. He just – he had come to Cleveland. He was there for, like, a day, and he was at practice, and then he just disappeared. And I think he was just – on a bender somewhere in Cleveland partying and he couldn't find his way back to the facility. And so it was at that moment I was like, "Hmm, we may have some problems with this young rookie here. If he can't even find his way during OTAs when he's a rookie, when he should be trying to put his best foot forward. It's got to be tough for you because you had been through losing seasons. You know, you're looking for professionals. You're trying to do your job at the highest level and then you can't even trust your quarterback. How frustrating is that for you where you're, playing at a all pro level and then you got a no show level with your quarterback. Yeah, it's not a lot of fun, especially when you're an old guy and you're still showing up for mini camps and OTAs and all the optional stuff in the off season and here's this first rounder who's supposed to be doing everything he possibly can to earn the trust and respect of his teammates and he's missing and he can't find him. So, um that was really frustrating, but I always wanted to give guys is a second chance, give him the benefit of the doubt early on, you know, Hey, maybe he's still got an opportunity to turn this around. Somebody had to see something in him for us to draft him in the first round. I know he had a great college career, but Hey, even if he didn't have the off the field problems, when you look at him as just a prospect, he was short. He was not incredibly fast or quick. It's not like he was a short quarterback that ran a four, four and was just lightning quick where you thought he could make up for it. Like, he had a ton of physical limitations that the NFL game was going to expose. And you were wondering, like, how is he going to be able to get around the fact that he kind of has a long windup to throw? Yeah. He's not really big, so he won't be able to absorb those hits. Um, he hasn't really proven that he could play within the confines of an offense. He was just playing backyard football in college. Um, and then he also doesn't have super athletic ability. So you kind of look at all those things, and I'm going, man, how is this guy going to ever be able to figure it out? And on top of that, he doesn't really seem all that committed to being a quarterback. Uh, congrats on uh, going into the Hall of Fame, the 2023 class. You. Uh, your thoughts on Dion saying, what if we have a, maybe a penthouse level? Mm-hmm. First ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. is, is that a big deal that, that uh, there's a gold level maybe uh, for those first ballot Hall of Famers? You know, I'll let the people that are in charge of the Hall of Fame and the fans kind of make those distinct the, the determinations and the distinctions, and it, it almost makes me uncomfortable there. I'm stuttering just talking about it because being at Canton during the enshrinement and seeing all those other gold jacket guys, many of them who were not first ballot Hall of Famers, but guys that were my idols growing up that I revered as players, some of them like Leroy Butler. I had his poster on my wall as a kid. He was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> and for me to stand there and answer questions like, yeah, I think I'm more important than uh, my guy, Leroy Butler, who, by the way, he made me cry when he came up and said congratulations because he was my hero as a kid. It just makes me uncomfortable talking about that. I know for a guy like Dion, hey, he's used to talking about himself. So he probably <laughs> is okay answering that question and proclaiming how he's the greatest and he should have his own uh, closet uh, in Canton, Ohio. But for me, I'm just so proud to be one of those gold jacket guys and whatever they decide to do, as long as everybody feels okay with it, I'm good with it. But honestly, I don't know if we want to start tearing players that are in the Hall of Fame. And you grew up in Wisconsin, so you're a Packers fan, love Leroy Butler. I'm curious if you wanted, gave it any thought of playing a year in Green Bay. J.J. Watt said to me the other day that he wanted to go and play one more year in Green Bay, but they, you know something happened where he uh, they weren't interested in bringing him back. Did you give that any thought? Shortly before the Denver Broncos tried to trade for me in 2013, 14, somewhere in there, um, there was some rumors before the the Packers got David Bakhtiari 
that they were going to try to trade for me because obviously they had Aaron Rodgers and they hadn't yet secured their left tackle. Um, but Ted Thompson was the general manager at the time, and he was not a guy that really made a lot of trades. Yeah. Um, he was just a draft and then re-sign type general manager. And so I never really put a whole lot of thought into it, but um, the once I retired, my, my knee was shot, so I couldn't play any more football. However, I do think playing in your backyard, especially – if you're a Wisconsin kid like JJ and going and playing Green Bay, the amount of headaches that you have to deal with, oh. with family and friends asking for tickets and autographs and access, like that would be a headache that would be far beyond anything that he experienced in Houston or in Arizona and almost would be a big distraction from trying to go out and play and to the point where I don't know how much you'd be able to enjoy it if you were the local boy like JJ or myself. We're uh, talking to Joe Thomas, the Hall of Famer. How nervous were you this weekend? I wasn't overly nervous. The thing that made me the most nervous, honestly, Dan, was when we got there on Wednesday, we had so many activities, and a lot of them were like cocktail hours where there was a band playing, and you're small-talking these people, and you're kind of yelling. You're projecting your voice. Um, And two years ago, I had vocal cord surgery, and so my vocal cords are a little bit weaker than they used to be. So my ability to project and yell is is limited. And if I do it for like an hour, I lose my voice. And so I kept losing my voice at the end of every day to the point where I wanted to practice my speech. But going into Saturday, I was afraid to use any extra words than was absolutely necessary. So I only practiced my speech one time before I gave that speech because I was so worried about getting up there on Saturday afternoon and not having a voice and having to like try to sign my speech for people to hear me. <laughs> um, so that was the thing that made me the most nervous. So once I got through it and I had my voice, uh, it was pedal to the metal, and I can't wait to celebrate the rest of the weekend. I don't know if you follow the Eric Bieniemy story with the commanders and that some of the players, I guess, went to uh, Coach Rivera, complained about his style and, you know, he's intense and in your face. What what works now with today's football player? What kind of style? And he's not even the head coach. He's the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. The style that works, Dan, is when you show a player that you are giving them better information, better game planning, and better coaching than the opponent – you're giving them a game plan where they legitimately feel like they have an advantage over their opponent and they're going to be able to now use all the ability that's God given to them to be able to go out and win and succeed for themselves, for their family, for their teammates, for their city, for their team. That's why I always said that Kyle Shanahan was the best coach I ever had because when you walked out of his meetings and you walked onto the field on Sunday, you felt like you were more prepared. And that's the best motivation that any pro athlete can get. And so really your style doesn't matter, whether you're Bill Belichick, whether you're just a nice softy, whether you're Eric Bieniemy and you're a yeller, like none of that really matters and the players don't care about any of that. What they care about is you proving that you're putting them in a better position than the player that they're going to be going against. Yeah, but the commanders are complaining like, hey, you know what? He's intense. He's yelling at us. You're saying that yeah. that that shouldn't matter or doesn't matter? Like, did you get yelled at? Uh, occasionally. I, offensive line coaches are known for being a little colorful and having uh, a louder voices than most. But I, honestly, I, it's kind of silly, the fact that I saw this morning, I was working out and I saw on TV, like Eric Bieniemy was yelling at his players and the players are complaining. I was like, what? So I would love to know some more details around Okay, which players are complaining? Are these the guys that are bums, or are these like the starters that are like really making uh, a big deal about this? Because to me, it's about the substance of what you say. If you're yelling at me, but you're telling me good stuff, I'm going to listen and pay attention. If you're telling me crap, I don't care if you're yelling or if you're whispering. I don't want to hear about it. Um, and so to me, it sounds a little bit soft and a little bit like, are we worrying about the wrong things right now, commanders, that, you know, my coach is yelling too much? Like, what is he saying? That's what I would really like to know before I can say that these players need to buck up and tough tough up a little bit, buttercup, or are they legitimately like having some reasonable complaints? Like, hey, I'm losing the message. I'm losing the coaching because he's so worried about just berating us. Uh, the defensive lineman that you would put in the Hall of Fame who's not there. He'll be there next year, Dwight Freeney. That was that was a battle. That was a battle. Yeah, the the times that I faced Freeney, you didn't sleep much the night before because you knew how challenging it was going to be. I knew what his game plan was going to be. Right, he's just going to try to run around you for a, a full half. He's going to wear you out. Then he's going to try to run you over, 
And then as soon as you stick your heels in the ground and you try to make a stand, it'll be like third and eight, and he's going to spin to the inside, and he's going to sack your quarterback. Everybody knew when he was going to do it. Everybody knew when it was coming, but you couldn't stop it. And that's why I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Who uh, who'd you meet? Aside from Leroy Butler uh, this past weekend, that you went, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Um, It was really cool being able to reconnect with Anthony Munoz because I'd seen him a few times and I've worked with him a few times during my career. Um, but I think now being part of that club and having that gold jacket, it's just a little bit different when you hang out with those guys and when you spend some time. I will say, oh, Jack Youngblood, um, going back to the voice problem, he was outside the hotel on Friday um, and he was smoking a cigar and having like a Heineken. It was like 1030 in the morning. And I'm like, man, you're really living the life, aren't you? And he's like, hey, I got a cigar for you, buddy. And uh, I was like, I can't have a cigar yet. I'm watching my throat because I don't want to lose my voice and cigars are not good for that. But I can't wait to have a cigar with Jack Youngblood because that would be so stinking cool. Not only for me, but for my dad and my father-in-law and all these like people that I were uh, looking up to when I was a kid, like that era of the NFL was so cool. And all those guys that went on and were in Hollywood and they had these larger than life personas and personalities. Um, it was really cool meeting them and, and just seeing those guys relaxed, smoking a cigar and having a, a, a noon beer on a, on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> How challenging is it rooting for the Browns nowadays? Uh, it's not challenging for me. Um, I played there 11 years and I had Johnny Menzel as my quarterback. I had a lot of other guys that maybe weren't, um, fan favorites or maybe had some issues in their past, um, or just didn't play all that well. Um, but I think for me, and I think for a lot of other Browns fans, it's the Browns and it's the team. And that is what we get most excited about. And that's where our loyalty lies. So you don't factor in Deshaun Watson at all. It's just you're rooting for the Browns as a team. Yeah, I think that for most Browns fans, myself included, like we talked only about that last year. Like that was all we talked about in training camp. That's all we talked about during the season. That's all we talked about after he came back. Um, And I think for most of us, we're really excited to talk about Deshaun Watson on the football field because what happened off the football field will be dissected and talked about till the end of days and people will agree people will disagree but for the most part it's kind of a dead horse for for cleveland people because it's like look i'm gonna cheer for my team and i know that a lot of people don't agree with uh, us signing deshaun watson but at the end of the day he's allowed back in the nfl and the suspension is over he served his time there and the Browns were not the only team that were trying to sign him. And I'm sure that if he plays really well this year, a lot of people will not be thinking about how he ended up getting there. Good to talk to you. Once again, congratulations, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me, Dan. That's Joe Thomas, Browns Hall of Fame tackle. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to to discover and Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know... Think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Final hour in this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Not much going on with college football realignment. Greg Sankey. He was on with Paul Feinbaum. He said the SEC is fine right now. I keep wondering, are they going to maybe bring in one of these schools from the ACC, if it's Florida State or Clemson, just to block them from going to the Big Ten? SMU is a topic of conversation right now. And uh, looks like the Big 12, there's some uh, exploration there with SMU. Once again, you want to get into uh, the Dallas area? It's really important. SMU used to be a really big deal a long time ago, but that's about all we have right now. The ACC still looking at adding some teams here. If you're going to add uh, Cal and Stanford, all right, good luck with that. But the SEC standing pat, it, it's going to come down to Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame eventually, where they go and then what happens after that, the, the dominoes that will follow. Still think we're headed towards uh, – you know, the format that we have in the NFL, I think you'll have divisions. You're going to have the East Coast and the West Coast. You're going to be able to cut down on travel. You're still going to have marquee matchups. Uh, it's what happens to the other football programs or the other sports programs with those football powerhouses. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle dpshow. Hard knocks last night, pretty much what I think we thought it was going to be. Aaron Rodgers, you had uh, Sauce Gardner, Robert Sala, uh, Zach Wilson, who I think is a great storyline there. And uh, so far, all right. You just don't want to make headlines. That's it. You want to get through it, have people go, man, I really like what I'm seeing. Man, it's positivity. You know, it's positive until you lose a game, like that first game against the Buffalo Bills. Johnny Manziel documentary came out last night. I was not aware that it was in the works, but uh, I'm not going to watch it. I've read about it, but I, I just know how it ends. And it, 
and it didn't have to end this way. He wasn't as good as in college. You realize, I mean, he had an incredible season. One of you know his Heisman winning season. That's as good a season as you could have as as a college quarterback. When you're leading the SEC in rushing, you know it's not like he was playing in the Big Twelve where offenses go wild. He was playing and and you know was doing this against Nick Saban. Yeah, Pauline. His first year at A and M. Remember his. Yeah, he was a redshirt freshman. He had 21 touchdown runs, yeah. 1,400 yards rushing. That alone could get you in Heisman. If you're a running back at, at Alabama, you rush for 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns, you're getting the Heisman. Then he threw for 26 touchdowns, nine picks, 68% pass, or 3,700 yards. But we saw that he didn't want to be kind of reined in. He he wanted to improvise, and, and we celebrated that because he was – Really remarkable. I mean, we realize how great Mike Evans was looking back on how many times Mike Evans would bail him out. But we just had Joe Thomas on, who was a teammate for two years, and he said, look, he disappeared. I mean, he was supposed to be there for OTAs and then disappeared. And he said, probably on a bender. I didn't I didn't have any information about Johnny Manziel behind the scenes. And uh, it was there, but... I I missed it. I didn't follow up or I didn't see it. But it was there. And there were people who were saying, you know what? He's questionable to take. Um, it's, it, uh, it won't be the same as it was in college. You know, it, does he put in the time? And then we find out that he didn't look at any game film. He thought that he was that good. And I, I said many times, it's going to be over. And he's going to look back and say, where did it go? Why did it go? Well, he had some demons there. Uh, he was enabled. I don't think if, you, if you're if you watching some of the clips or you watch the documentary, I don't think he's bothered by it. Like, I'd be, I'd be embarrassed by it. I'd be like, God, I can't believe, you know, what I did. Like, you still think you're something. Like, Johnny's not something anymore. He was. And I think he feels like, you know what, I, I pulled this off. You know, I got drafted. Cleveland Browns, first-round pick, Heisman Trophy. I was making money. He changed college football. Name, image, and likeness. He was on the cover of Time Magazine. This was about paying players. And Johnny was making cash. He was doing these autograph signings. He was making a lot of money. And imagine this. You're Johnny Manziel. You go to the NFL. And when you go, they start to renovate that stadium. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And Johnny Mansell's responsible for that. Because of Texas A&M, we suddenly cared when they beat Alabama. It was like, oh, my God, this is a, this is a big thing. It was a t- he was a topic of conversation on a weekly basis, sometimes daily basis, because he was doing things against really good competition, but he wasn't doing it in an orthodox way. And then you got to, got to Cleveland, and then you realized that he would be going to Vegas um, there were warning signs there. But when he went in to do his interview, he was he was able to manipulate the Browns. He gave a great interview. He did all of his homework. And I remember John Gruden loved him. It, it's not just the Browns made a mistake on him. There were other coaches who liked Johnny Manziel. The one person that I always remember, Merrill Hodge, Used to be uh, NFL analyst at the mothership. He said he was going to be terrible. Not bad, terrible. And Merrill Hodge, who looked at more game film than Johnny did, which isn't saying much, but no, Merrill watches a ton. He, he and Jaws would watch more tape than teams did, it felt like. And he said, no, he's going to be terrible. And I'm thinking, that guy's going to be terrible? Look at what he did. Look at what he did with the SEC. He said, I wouldn't take him. I don't care what draft pick. I'm not, I'm not taking him. And he was right. Crazy. Crazy. But he's alive. Um, he talked about attempting suicide. And uh, that didn't work out. The gun clicked or something. But uh, see, even then, I'm curious how he got to that point where he would be suicidal when it didn't feel like it was really impacting him or he didn't. Like, he, I don't know, he wasn't embarrassed by anything, bothered by anything. Yeah, Marv. Yeah, it said, 
it was called Untold, but I knew a bunch of it already. Mm. So I was kind of uh, the only thing I felt bad about John. Not felt bad, but I could understand was him taking that money when he saw what Texas A and M was doing after his Heisman winning season. Sure, it was like man, new stadium. Look at all these number two Texas A and M jerseys that I'm not making any money off of. So I couldn't blame him not one bit. And I think that was the real change when it came to like what we know now as NIL is the Johnny Manziel season. Yeah, that's the first time I think it was really brought into the forefront that that this was there. It was right in front of us, and we knew he was getting money. And uh, we tried to reach out to him. I tried to help him. Uh, we asked Ryan Leaf, who went to prison uh, for stealing you know, prescription meds. Uh, we tried to hook up Johnny's friend with Ryan Leaf, gave him his number. Johnny didn't reach out. And Ryan was willing to you know, help him, tell him, talk to him. Because, you know, sports world moves quickly, man. It's just like, uh, oh, yeah. How long has it been since Johnny Manziel played? Oh, six years? Yeah. Seven, I, seven years? I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, he played in the 13, 14. Uh, he was in the 2014 draft. He played in 2015. So the 2015 would have been his last active season in the NFL. Yeah. That draft, by the way, the 2014 Browns draft, Johnny Manziel was not their worst draft pick. They took Justin Gilbert, the cornerback, cornerback. Eighth overall, the guy played like seven games at yeah. Oklahoma State. Yeah. They passed on Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Zach Martin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when they took Manziel, they passed on Teddy Bridgewater. They passed on Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Any of those would have been drastic. Better, yeah. yeah, because they would have been professional, which is what, even if he was professional, I just don't think that he he had the NFL talent. He had college talent, but there's a big difference. And there are guys, you know, the opposite, where maybe they're not as good in college. They get to the pros, and you're like, wow, why weren't you this good in college? Some guys are just different in different atmospheres, uh, different offenses there. But, yeah, I look back, and you go, okay. I mean, it, just another play. I've been doing this 40 years. You see a lot of players. They got all the answers. You got money, got everything. And then all of a sudden, you don't have anything. And then people move on. Yeah, more. The next Untold series uh, episode is going to be on Urban Meyer's Florida Gators. <laughs> I'm ready. For, that one better be about two, three parts. Well, it's, as long as it's, well, I don't know how much we've heard. Is Urban going to talk about this? Is he involved? I think he's in it. Let me double check, but I'm almost okay. certain he's in it. Like that, then I'd want him to tell me about, you know, Percy Harvin and Aaron Hernandez and the Pouncey brothers and what was going on there, Florida. And then you had Tim Tebow. You juxtaposed that to Tebow. <laughs> Florida teams are pretty good, though. Oh, they were. <laughs> yes, they were. The hey, more arrests in college football, usually the better your team is. If if you're if you're going to have players that get arrested, then you should be good. If you're going <laughs> to you know get caught cheating, and uh, you know you better be good. I would always get I I, I uh, kind of laugh at the the schools to be like they're cheating, but they're not any good. Like can't you cheat better? If you're going to cheat, then cheat to the nth degree. You can't go. Let's just sort of cheat. No, go all in. Cheat. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Dorsey in North Carolina. Hi, Dorsey. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. How are you? Great, Dorsey. Five nine one sixty six. All right. Uh, I just wanted to bring up this last. Turn, uh, turn down your radio, Dorsey. Pardon me. Turn down your radio. Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just didn't understand Laz. Diaz keeping a job. I watch about 120 games a year, watch this every strike, and this guy misses at least 30%. Well, they are graded, but they have a union. They have a union. Thank you, Doris. Yes, Laz Diaz is the one who threw Aaron Boone out, and they look back on the calls, and I think 14 of the 21 calls he missed went against the Yankees. I get it. Angel Hernandez. Every generation has a couple umpires where you go, how is he still... Like Joe West, I always felt like, man, Joe West still umpire, but you got a, a union there. I don't know how it works where they grade them out. Is is there? Uh, can you grade yourself? Can you can you fail being an umpire? Can you flunk out? Hey, your grade point average is not good. We're going to demote you, relegate umpires there. It's just you have gambling involved in this, so now it's different than oh, that was a bad call. 
Well, that's a bad call that affected a lot of betters, right? 14 calls, that's a lot. And this is where it's imperative that these leagues somehow get their umpires and referees, you know, past just that efficiency level. There's, there's billions of dollars that are bet. And I know it's not on one, one game, but let's say it's the Super Bowl. And we had a controversial call in the Super Bowl. But, you know, that, that affects a lot of people's lives. And this is what I worry about. I, I worry about that where we've questioned umpires and referees, like, oh, is he on the take? You just you can't have any kind of gray area there. You, you, you know, not with your gamblers. With a fan, they can be upset about. But when you put, you know, $10,000 down on something, that's when bad things happen or the potential for that happening. And you can't look the other way and go, yeah, you know, he's not a very good umpire, but you can't. Yeah, Paulie. I, I read a story about a year ago about gambling, how they would try to get players to control the spreads, to fix games. They said the goal would really be to get a, an umpire or a referee. Uh, specifically basketball, you can control a lot of things with basketball because a quick foul call here or there in the first half. But they said the, the goal would be, they talked to gamblers of what they would want. If you can get a referee in football who maybe late in the game on a 70-yard breakaway touchdown will throw a holding flag because remember they say you could call a holding on any play? Mm-hmm. Now the over-under is one less touchdown. Just throw that holding flag on that big play. You need one or two moves a game from a referee for a football game. And it's going to happen. It might not be in the pros, but it'll be in, maybe in college. You saw this with the, what was it Iowa State, where if, if you have a quarterback who is gambling and then he loses and then he loses, now he's down $6,000. Now all of a sudden, you know, hey, how do I get out of this hole? Um, I need you, you know, you're going to be on the under. Okay, or who's hurt this week? It's like, it's going to happen. It is. The question is, how big will it get? Uh, how many people are involved in this? If it's not the pros, it'll be college. There's just so much money here. And if I can affect a line, have somebody affect a line, somebody, a referee, I don't know what they make, a couple hundred thousand dollars. All of a sudden you're like, hey, uh, you know, you're in the hole here. You owe uh, $27,000. Hey, this is what I need. I need the under. All right? I'll take care of all your gambling bets. You're good. It can happen. It's all about the bottom line. The money that's involved in this, how it affects somebody. And, you know. But this is where Vegas does a great job. I think having legalized gambling, they keep an eye on everything. When I was gambling, and my bookie... You know, he was a guy who lived in the neighborhood. And you have to go over and pay. You have to pay off your bet every every Tuesday. You have to go over and either you gave it uh, money or you picked up money. That's a long walk. It can be a really, really long walk. Uh, there are a couple of times when I you go over there and I'd knock on his door. Wife would come to the door and she'd go, you know, the name of my booking. Uh, Dan's here again. <laughs> uh, uh, what are you guys having for dinner? I'll stay here. Yes, Todd. Did your bookie or do most bookies have collectors? If uh, no, no scary people that'll uh... no. But I did gamble through somebody in New York, and that's the first time where it got serious because I lost a bet and I lost a dime. I bet a thousand dollars, so now I'm down eleven hundred. Well. This person, and I didn't have that kind of money, and this person in New York said, you know, I expect to get this, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, but if you want to let it roll, I, you just got to promise me that I'm going to get paid at the end of this. You'll get paid if you win, but I got to make sure I get paid, right? And he had that New York accent, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm betting through a guy in New York. Because, How did I get here? Yes, because a, a friend, a friend of mine, said, "Hey, I got a bookie in New York, and he gives really good lines." And I go, "Okay." Well, I quickly went back to my local bookie. Yes, Pauline. We had a campus bookie at Southern Illinois, and everyone knew him. Good, really good guy, and uh, he got crushed on Duke UNLV. I don't know where his money was, but it was it got mm. crushed. And guys were going over to where he lived. He goes, I don't have any money for you guys. It was the first time I ever went to a bookie 
where he didn't have the money to pay his customers. That's a weird one. He was like big as a house, so you couldn't do much. But that was that was unique. Yeah, the vig too makes it even worse. Like you drop a dime, and then you're like, it's eleven hundred dollars. Humbling. Here, here's my money. I'll see you next week. <laughs> sure, you don't want to stay for dinner? No, no. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go home and have a beer. All right, let me take a break. <laughs> what more? Urban Meyer is in the uh, documentary. Okay. Him and Tim Tebow. Wow. All right. Well, you can't make it without them being in it. Right. I'm glad they're in it. Boys, what you going to do? What's the music going to open with? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. It's impressively techy and surprisingly roomy with available seating for up to seven. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQB. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.